Hello, I'm Nikki Patrick and welcome to It's Somewhere in the Bottom of My Handbag. Today we're chatting about parenting tips. I need to bust a myth. If you're going to become a parent, a carer or looking after children in any way and it is bedtime, do not take any notice of what goes on in films and TV shows because when it's bedtime, the children get into bed, you go over, you give them a kiss, you stroke their hair, you tell them you love them, you tuck them up, you go to the door, you turn the light off, you say you love them, they say they love you and then they close the door and off they go and the children go to sleep. This does not happen. Normally it's like the lights go off and it's, oh, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I need to drink, I need to go to the toilet. Or could we just have one more story? Or they'll engage you in some sort of incredible conversation. Quite often it's sort of, why are we here? What's life all about? Things that you can't complete in one sentence. When I first became a parent, I felt like a meerkat, just constantly on guard, just making sure that they were they were safe and they knew they were loved and they were cared for and you were meeting all of their needs. So I think it is so important to have a few tools to help along the way. I'm delighted to welcome Julia Philpot from JP Parent Coaching. Now, you are the best parent coach I have ever met and ever had the pleasure of interviewing. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, Julia, you've got children of your own. I do. Yes, I have a a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old, so they're both doing... um, public exams this year so they've got mocks at the moment Um, oh gosh (laughs) so I bet all of your techniques are coming into play yes um, and often that's just simply um, quietly listening to them and letting them you know express themselves um, and and, um, often not saying what I want to say it's so hard isn't it I'm you know (laughs) I'm really practicing at the moment because my daughter's 13 so she comes out of school and obviously there's a lot going on in a 13 year old's world at the moment and I find it really hard to just go no listen don't try and fix Mm, don't try and give advice just let her say it but you do have to practice don't you because you naturally as a mother want to leap in and try and fix everything of, of course, and and so it, it can be really challenging, and it can it can be helpful to have a partner that you can kind of share that frustration with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Oh, but you've got three top tips for us, haven't you today? I have. Um, I mean, when I'm working with parents, we always work on whatever specific issues they bring, but there are a number of themes that inform the work that I do, and it's usually around the relationship between the parents and the child, and how they manage their interactions, and it's these themes that my top tips are based on today. So I'm going to be sharing advice on being a dolphin parent, listening for feelings, and catching your kids doing it right. So I've nicked the term Dolphin Parent from the book of the same name by Dr. Shimmy Kang. She writes about tiger parents, jellyfish parents, and dolphin parents. And I think we all know what a tiger parent is, so pushing their children to achieve, fighting many of their battles for them, all in the pursuit of making sure their children are the absolute best. And a jellyfish parent is the opposite end of the scale, so permissive, giving the child the power in the relationship, frequently giving in to them and letting them have what they want. Dr. Kang uses the analogy of a dolphin because of the way they raise their young. They guide them and give them opportunities to have a go at new things and take risks. 
And at the same time, they gently nudge them back into line if they're straying too far from the pod. Now, there are probably elements of the, the tiger, the jellyfish and the dolphin in all of us. And it's important to take an honest look at the relationship you have with your child and be clear about your overriding parenting style. So, so here's the top tip. If you feel you're a too tiger, ask yourself what you can do to make this relationship more relaxed, so to take some pressure out of the, the child's schedule, everyone's schedule actually, consciously make a decision to bring more downtime and play into your child's and your life. And if you're too jellyfish, ask how can I be clearer on setting boundaries and the behaviors that I expect from my child. Remember, you, you are a parent. You, it may not feel like it, but you need to have the power in the relationship. You're not trying to be your child's best friend. And research shows that children of dolphin parents have much more positive life outcomes than children of tiger and jellyfish parents. So it's worth consciously making that shift and thinking about what's the style that you want to have with your children. I love that. They just nudge them back. They do. And, you know, there's in the book, there's lots of research around. I mean, I learned, I learned a lot about dolphins, but, you know, they, they have actually noticed that... Um, that they do consciously allow them to um, experiment and then literally they swim alongside them and just nudge them back if, they, if they're if um, they swimming off, offline. So it's a lovely analogy. Oh, definitely. And the, the second tip relates to the listening that we were talking about earlier. Um, and it's, it's simply to listen properly to our children. And by that I mean we should aim to listen so well that we're able to name the feeling our child is experiencing, you know, what's sitting behind what they're saying. So, for example, if your child says, oh, I hate Mr. Simpson, he gave me a rubbish role in the school play, instead of, you don't hate Mr. Simpson, I won't have you talking like that about a teacher, which, by the way, is, is really not the issue here and doesn't achieve anything, you can say, wow, you're feeling really angry about the role you've got in the play or you're feeling really disappointed or you know, pull out what it is that the child is sensing, is experiencing. Because I promise you this will open up a much more transparent dialogue with your child about the issue and how they're feeling and help them to work out what they want to do about it. Um, listening for feelings is very powerful what often stops us from doing it is that we're worried we won't be able to help. Just as you said um, at the beginning, Nikki, that we won't be able to stop the uncomfortable feelings, which is, of course, what we want to do as a parent, take the problem away. Um, and we don't have to solve our children's problems. Our role is to guide them to a solution for themselves, like the dolphins do. Um, and they need to be in touch with their feelings to do that. So, so that's the second top tip. Set yourself the target of being able to name what your child is feeling whenever they share something with you. Um, and the final top tip is, is, is a nice, it's a really nice one actually to get in the habit of doing is catching them doing it right. So we know from research that we should be giving five pieces of positive feedback for each piece that is developmental, shall we say. Um, and as human beings, we miss this target, but as parents, we miss it big time. Um, and when we're giving 
this positive feedback. Um, it should be as specific as possible. So instead of you know generalizations like, oh, you're so wonderful, beautiful, smart, whatever, we need to be saying things like, you worked very hard for that test and I'm really pleased that you got the results you wanted. Because what we're emphasizing there is hard work, which is definitely within the child's control. Rather than innate cleverness uh, that the child might feel they're not able to do anything about. So when we praise general qualities like being pretty or kind, the child unconsciously concludes, mummy and daddy love me because I'm kind. And then they worry that they won't be loved if they occasionally do something unkind. These are the way the, the psychological processes work. So if instead we're very specific about our positive feedback and say, instead, that was a kind thing to do, we send the message that kindness is a good thing, but it isn't the condition that makes us love you. So, so the top tip around this is to catch your children doing it right as often as you can and make the feedback specific to the event. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It can just be, oh, you know, you put your shoes away when you came in. Thanks for that. That's really helpful. But, you know, catch them rather than always pointing out when they've done something wrong is to actually make sure you're pointing out when they're doing it right so that um, they can feel good about themselves and do it again. Good advice, Julia. <laughs> really good advice. And just going back to, um, you know, the the naming their feelings one thing I've been doing for my daughter now she's been chatting about say something that's happened with friends and you know she's trying to work it all out um I let her talk and I just say to her I know you're going to make the right decision on this is that a good thing to be doing I'm I'm trying to enforce that I trust her judgment yeah so when when I work as a coach either with parents or in business we as coaches always go in with the assumption that the person we're working with is resourceful and it and it kind of um they they latch onto that and you know it, it it's wonderful when somebody just assumes that you've got what you need to solve your own problem it, it's very empowering so yeah, i think that's i think that's a great approach oh good thank you well i've learned from the best julia <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and interestingly, you know, these, the child knows the situation best. No matter how much they share it with us, they know their situation best. So often, they are the best person to come up with the solution or at least come up with some suggestions and then they can discuss them with you and, and have the benefit of your experience and, and, and advice as well. But but if you start with them and you say, I absolutely trust that you, you've got some great ideas and you probably know what you need to do, that's incredibly powerful. Good for you. Oh, thank you. Well, we've all got <laughs> to concentrate on being dolphins. So I love that That's analogy. It. So how did you get into being a parent coach? Well, I started out as um, an executive coach. I, I trained as an executive coach a, a number of years ago. And um, at the time that I was training to work in um, organizations as a coach, I had very young children. And I read a few sort of parenting books, as you do, because I was struggling and wanting to do the best that I could and I noticed that there was a lot of overlap between the advice that uh, for being a good uh, executive coach and for being a good parent and I thought oh, people need to know this I need to share this and and I became really interested in 
transferring those coaching skills into the parenting environment and helping other parents to do that. And it's like anything, isn't it? You have to just practice and you have to be so aware of what you're doing and you know because you've got to keep thinking on your feet the whole time as a parent but I think if you've got these tools that you can lean back on for those you know difficult moments it just can only stand you in good stead. And and a little t- actually another extra tip is that um, when I learned some of these these tools um, and techniques is in the heat of the moment you sometimes go what am I supposed to be doing I don't quite quite remember so I actually wrote little notes for myself and stuck them on the inside of the kitchen cupboard doors because it's usually in the kitchen where these things kick off isn't it Um, and so if at any moment I just needed some inspiration I could just casually looked like I was getting a glass out of the cupboard or something and I would open the cupboard door and see okay I've got to name the feeling I've got this this is this would be a helpful thing to say now and so I just had these little tips written on inside the cupboard door <laughs> which my children didn't know about. Oh, that's um, brilliant. Yeah so you know we all have to start somewhere I started uh, you know very basically by giving myself little post-it tips inside the kitchen cupboard so um, and after a while they become more habitual, so it becomes you know more natural for you to respond with these things, and and that's a, a really good thing. Now, Julia, how can we find you if we'd like some more advice? Well, um, you can contact me at on my website jpparentcoaching.co.uk, and my email address is Julia at jpparentcoaching.co.uk. But actually, a Google search for Julia Philpot Parent Coach will find me as well. Um, a number of different leads there. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for your brilliant top tips. Very much appreciated. You're very welcome. Thanks, Nikki.